Well, good morning and welcome to Grace Community Church. My name is David. It's my pleasure to welcome you this morning. Um, as you make your way to your seats, let's look at the bulletin together. Uh, when we gather on Sundays, part of what we do is celebrate what God has done and is doing uh, in the life of the church. And so uh, it has been a full season, as you have experienced, most likely. I mean, I'm, I'm tired. I don't know about the rest of you parents. Um, kids may be tired if you've been up playing with your new stuff all day, but otherwise, um, it's been a full season. We've had a lot of time to celebrate together as a church family, and so we're excited, though, for all that God will do in 2016. I do want to point out there's no uh, uh, student ministry meeting uh, this week, um, so instead, enjoy that time with your family. Some of you may still have people from out of town visiting, and so take advantage of those times uh, to be with your family. I also want to point out that um, there'll be no youth uh, the following week on January 3rd, and that is because we're gearing up for winter retreat. Uh, parents, if you're not yet um, been in touch with Ricky to coordinate all the stuff you need to for that, um, please get in touch with Ricky. We're excited for uh, Ricky to preach on January 3rd as well before you guys split, so um, Mark your calendars accordingly, parents, if you need to have those dates set. Uh, if you notice on your bulletin as you open it up, there's a, a tear-off sheet. That card has a lot of blank space in it. Uh, one of the ways that we stay connected as a church family is by using a tool called The City. And so we send out emails and prayer requests and updates that way. Um, and so if you've not yet gotten connected, there's a way to, uh, to do that by giving us that information so that we can uh, be in touch with you and follow up. But on the back side of that is something as equally important, if not more so, is an empty space for prayer requests. If there's something heavy on your heart that you'd like us to join and pray with you about, please take time to fill that out. Uh, you can either leave it in the offering plate that comes around a little bit later, or you can take it to a check-in window after the service, uh, and we will be sure to pray for you and with you uh, for whatever that is. Um, and so there's a lot more things to come in the near future. Do, ladies, I do want to point out, if you didn't already notice, uh, the women's ministry event coming up is a soup-off, a soup cook-off. So ladies, if you've not yet dug through your recipes to notice all the ways that you can amaze your friends with your soup recipe, begin to do that now. Uh, look through your recipes, test them out on your families. They are the best guinea pigs. And then uh, bring that winning recipe uh, to the, the soup cook-off that is to come for the women's ministry. And so, again, more details about that as we draw closer. God, we thank you that we have this news to tell. We thank you that it is true, that it has changed our lives. I pray that we would live in light of these truths and that we would indeed tell it. Maybe not on a mountain, but at least on the hills, in our homes, in our places of work, in our families. I thank you that we can tell this truth. We thank you for Jesus, and it's in his name that we pray. Amen. You may be seated. If you would take your bulletin, and we'll look at it again together. For those who came in a little late, my name is David. Uh, I'm on staff here. It's my pleasure to welcome you this morning. And when we gather for worship on Sunday mornings, we take time to uh, celebrate what God's doing in the life of the church. Then we sing together, uh, and then we t uh, spend some time in prayer together. And so that's where we have arrived right now. And so in that bulletin, uh, in addition to all of the contact information you might want, in addition to uh, space for us to be in touch with you and to fill out prayer requests, um, there is a focus uh, for prayer each week. This week, uh, for the last Sunday of 2015, uh, some of you may already be thinking uh, about the things you want to resolve to do uh, moving into 2016. And so with that in mind, uh, as a staff, we were talking about this and praying about this and the Lord laid this on our hearts to, to bring before us as, as an opportunity for prayer. Uh, 
Brad alluded to Psalm 119, even as he preached out of John 1 a couple weeks ago. And, and in Psalm 119, it says, In the way of your testimonies, I delight. As much as in all riches, I will meditate on your precepts and fix my eyes on your ways. Now, all of those uh, verses in Psalm 119, with the exception of one, and if you're familiar with that chapter, it is the longest chapter in the Bible. Every verse points to uh, the teaching of the Lord, the word of the Lord. And so uh, for this, uh, this year, we want to kind of challenge you uh, as a church family to read the word in 2016. Uh, so one of the ways that we can do that is kind of praying for one another that we would have a love for uh, God's word. Because there are times where we don't feel it. Uh, some of you who don't like to read may in, indeed not feel like reading, even the Bible. And then you feel guilty because you feel like you're supposed to feel like it. And so we can pray for one another that God would stir in us a desire to read. But thankfully, that's not the only means of engaging with the word of the Lord in this particular day and age. Uh, For all of you who commute and you listen to podcasts religiously, pun intended, there are other ways to engage with the word. Listen to the Bible being read. If you have an audiobook uh, problem, you'd like to listen to them all the time. Uh, This is another way to engage with the word, hearing the word read uh, in that way. There are other ways to engage with the scriptures. Maybe you have um, read them before, but you want to dig deeper. There are ways to maybe set a goal to engage in a Bible study through the course of 2016 that you haven't done before. Or for many of us, um, it's been several years since I've done this, uh, but reading through the entire scripture in the course of a year at one, on one hand, it may sound daunting. On the other hand, it's not really that difficult because of how much some of us read. Uh, and so uh, think about maybe setting a goal to read through the Scripture in 2016. Uh, later in this morning, we'll have some more time for testimony. Uh, but in that spirit, I wanted to ask Bert and to, to share a brief testimony of the journey of reading through the Scriptures uh, through the course of a year. So, Bert, if you would share. So, uh, very, very briefly, I'm, my name is Bert Wallace. I'm one of the elders here, and I've been asked just to very briefly talk about the idea of reading through the Bible in a year. It, it certainly is, certainly you've probably heard about, it's certainly a doable thing. Uh, I have been doing it this year. I don't do it every year. Um, but another word of encouragement to you is uh, I'm not going to make it uh, by the end of this year. Um, there have been years where I have, um, that's kind of a personality thing, but I've gotten kind of behind, but I always sort of catch up doggedly, you know. Um, this year I have not been able to do that. But I guess part of what I would say is um, it's a little bit like anything else, and I think I, I use uh, this analogy a lot with, when I talk to students and other people about, you know, if you're, if you're wanting to do some sort of physical uh, thing, get into shape in some way, you know, I'm going to work out or I'm going to run or whatever it is. Um, you know, you don't do that if you just sort of feel like it. You know, like, I'm going to get in shape, and the way I'm going to do that is I'm going to wake up at 5 o'clock every morning, and if I feel like getting up and uh, running, then I'll do that. You know, but if I don't feel like it, I won't. Okay, well, you know, that's never going to happen. You just got to do it, and you either do it or you don't do it. Um, But the other side of that is if you wake up one morning and you don't feel like it and so you don't run, there's no point in saying, oh, well, I just blew it. I'm just not going to get in shape, I guess, so I'm just never going to get up, you know, get up the next morning. Um, So the idea of setting a goal for a year, it's very, very doable. There's a thousand reading plans 
you can find online out there. I've, I've have actually one that I really like for this year, but there's tons of them. I mean, there's there's ones where you just kind of do Old Testament, New Testament every day. There's ones where you kind of go chronologically. I did that one time, which was really, really good. Um, but you can find them out there. They're a dime a dozen, okay? But the point is, if you get behind, if you, you know, just keep, just pick it back up again. I mean, that's what I'm doing. I've gotten behind over the last couple of months, and I'm just picking it back up. And I'm, I'll finish sometime in, I don't know, probably in February sometime. I'll end up finishing. Um, but the idea is that you spend time every day in, in a disciplined way in the Lord, not just in a, if I feel the Spirit move me, you know, then I'll do it. Well, the Spirit is, is calling you through His Word to read His Word, whether or not you, your own personality wants to do that or not. Um, and, and it's a way to know God's will for your life. I mean, there's, I find there's a lot of hand-wringing about, I just don't know what God wants me to do. God's will for your life is, is here. This is it. Now, it's not going to tell you what pair of shoes to wear today, uh, but it is going to tell you how to live your life. So anyway, it's just my encouragement to you. Pick, pick up the Bible, sit down with it, read it every day, um, and you will be nothing but blessed by doing that. Thanks, Bert. Uh, you can look for an email slash post on the city this week. Um, the staff will be compiling some of our resources, and we'll send them out to you and share them with you in time to jump in on January 1st. Um, but even in the meantime, you can begin to look for those things, think about those things, and the whole focus of this morning is to pray about these things. Uh, pray about ways that uh, the Lord might stir in you a love for the Scripture. Pray about ways that you might discipline yourself to, to see Him and seek Him, to seek His kingdom even as it's articulated in the Scripture. Uh, if you've had a year of, of difficulty in 2015, as many of us have, um, and you feel maybe a distance between you and the Lord, move toward Him. Through his word. That is the first line of connection and communication with him in addition to prayer is to, to hear from him in his word. Uh, so let me encourage you to do that as we move into 2016. Also, uh, notice in your bulletin there are spaces, there are other prayer requests that we keep updated that are in there. And we want to remember especially uh, families who have lost a loved one in this last calendar year. Um, these, these holiday seasons are not particularly easy uh, in those times. And so we pray for of the Finnerty family, for Allison, Tally, and the Cotton family. Pray for those who have lost um, important people who are now celebrating with Jesus in a way that we long to, uh, but we miss them during these family-intensive times. Uh, so pray for those in our church family who have lost somebody. I'm sure there are many more. Uh, but let's take a few moments to be silent before the Lord, and then I will uh, close us in prayer. So would you pray with me? God, we thank you for a few moments to be still 
before you and know that you are God. We ask that you would uh, just cause your word to indeed be like honey on our lips. We would recognize it as a lamp unto our feet. I pray that you would help us to encourage one another uh, in our families, in our home groups, in our connections that we have uh, to read your word, uh, to be to even marinate in it, to meditate on it, to be so deeply saturated by it that it would affect our conversations, that it would guide us as we pray, that we would recognize uh, the fruit of uh, your word even uh, in the times of teaching, in the times of preaching. God, we thank you for uh, the ways that you continue to speak to us through the scripture, uh, through one another, through the power of the Holy Spirit that raised Christ from the dead, that indwells each of us who have confessed that this is true and repented. We just ask that you would continue to do a work in us. We know that you've already been working in 2015 and we look forward to, we are excited about, we are celebrating what you will do in 2016 because you are faithful to your promises. All of your promises are true. So we love you and we are grateful that you have loved us first. We pray for those who are mourning. Pray that they would know that they are blessed. We pray for those who are hurting through this time. Those who might uh, be struggling with any number of things. We pray that help us as a family to continue to walk alongside them, uh, to be with them in the ways that are meaningful to them, so they might be comforted. I pray that we might function as the body you have called us to be, that every piece would do its job, that all of us would live out the spiritual gifting that you've given to us for the health of uh, the body. We pray that you would take the things that we offer to you now as we give to you, uh, and that they would build your kingdom, that they would serve the, the, the gospel going forth, that they would uh, equip us to teach and to speak and to make disciples. Thank you that you have given to us so abundantly, and we see that a lot of us do during this time. So help us to be grateful people who give and serve gratefully. And thank you for your word that shapes us and forms us. Help us to indeed be formed by it as we move forward into this next year. It's in Jesus' name that we pray. Amen. Well, good morning and welcome to Grace Community Church. If this is your second or more time here, and especially to the Petersons, welcome home. We have people coming in and out all the time. But Drew Peterson was an elder here and their family, very, very meaningful to us. I usually don't say welcome to a special person because of the transient nature of our group. And they're kind of in and out. And I'll skip somebody to be sure. But we're glad that all of you are here. If this is your first time to Grace, we welcome you especially. Today is going to be a bit of a different day. Uh, we're going to preach for about half of the time and we're going to share testimonies. We try to do this a couple of times a year. After Thanksgiving and after Christmas, I wish it were a little more spaced, but those times seem to work best for us. Next year, if I'm not mistaken, Christmas will be 
on a Sunday. So we'll do that next year on Christmas Day. Uh, I, I felt pretty good. I was pretty proud of our family. We had like 23 people for Christmas dinner the other day. And then I saw Donnie and Debbie Hall, and they've got like over 30. And I'm like, okay, well, that's 23. It's not that big of a deal. I know a lot of you had big, big family gatherings this week. And it's great for this family to be together. I'm so glad to see you. A lot of people still gone, but a lot of you here and have brought relatives with you. To each of you, welcome to Grace Community Church. Uh, we're going to be spending some time this morning in Psalm 16. They said it. See, that looks orange to me. It's supposed to be red, but it's orange, right? This is just an orange Christmas. We're just going to have to think of it like that. You probably know that the Psalms functioned as a hymn book. David talks about that with us uh, quite a bit, how the Psalms functioned as a hymn book for the people of Israel. Now, if you have turned to Psalm 16 in your Bible, you will see that the Psalm is titled a miktom of David, a miktom of David. Miktom is likely a musical or a liturgical term. And so the Israelites were used to singing these psalms. Uh, They sang them for specific occasions, and we're going to do that this morning. So if the worship team would come back. No, I'm just kidding. We're not going to try to sing this psalm together. Hebrew poetry was far more concerned with content than with cadence. There was a certain flow of the cadence, but parallelism was essentially trying to say the same thought in a different way. Uh, there were inclusios, and all, all kinds of different literary uh, functions and, and, and devices used for these um, psalms. And so when they sang them, they weren't so concerned about how it sounded necessarily. Um, and so this has been translated from the Hebrew to the English, so it may not uh, flow as smoothly as it did 3,000 years ago, but I think we can manage saying this together. So if you would, please stand, and we are going to read Psalm 16. We are going to read this, say this to the Lord. Preserve me, O God, for in you I take refuge. I say to the Lord, You are my Lord. I have no good apart from you. As for the saints in the land, they are the excellent ones in whom is all my delight. The sorrows of those who run after another God shall multiply. Their drink offerings of blood I will not pour out or take their names on my lips. The Lord is my chosen portion and my cup. You hold my lot. The lines have fallen for me in pleasant places. Indeed, I have a beautiful inheritance. I bless the Lord who gives me counsel in the night. Also, my heart instructs me. I have set the Lord always before me. Because he is my right hand, I shall not be shaken. Therefore, my heart is glad. And my whole being rejoices. My flesh also dwells secure. For you will not abandon my soul to Sheol. Or let your Holy One see corruption. You make known to me the path of life. 
In your presence there is fullness of joy. At your right hand are pleasures forevermore. Our Father, uh, we acknowledge the truth of everything that we have said. And we pray that you would burn this truth into our hearts. And make it a part of our being, a reality. We thank you for the promises that we have in Christ of resurrection. But Lord, there is much in this psalm that deals with our day in and day out lives. So we thank you for your kindness to us in bestowing upon us not only your love and your grace, but your word, the wisdom, the will, the beauty of Jesus seen in your word. May we profit from our time together in Christ's name. Amen. Thank you and be seated. Preserve me, O God, for in you I take refuge. This psalm has something of David in it, but it has more of Christ in it. From from the outset of the psalm, David confesses that all of his hope is in the Lord. So that begs the question right from the get-go. Where does my hope lie? Where does my hope lie? It's a much more difficult question to answer for those who live with the prosperity and the freedoms that we enjoy than it is for others who have so little or who have no freedom. Do I hope in God or do I hope in the abundantly available resources of this advanced age? So, is it wrong to take advantage, to to employ the resources that are available to us? Absolutely not. I mean, the resources that we have available to us may be, in fact, the very ways that God has designed to deliver you. But without trust in a sovereign God, resources only buy you just a little bit of time. You know what I have discovered when, when people are sick and they have to choose between quality and quantity of life? They always choose quantity at first. Later they may choose quality. But they always choose quantity. But, but availing ourselves of the resources that are abundantly at our fingertips only buys us A little time. And it does nothing permanent for the state of our souls. I'm not against resources and using them. I'm just saying there's so much more. Than the things that make our lives easier. I mean who doesn't know the panic. That leads to temptation to find rescue. Whenever you can. Do whatever you can in order to lessen your pain. But sometimes it's pain that was intended to draw us to the Lord. I mean what's worse is to find fulfillment in temporary and passing ideas in work or in entertainment. So much worse to find all of our meaning in something that's passing away. And it's all passing away. Except for him. In verse 2, David sets his heart on God. I say to the Lord, you are my Lord. I have no good apart from you. I wonder if you... Ever have been in that place 
where you said, God, I have no good in my life apart from you. That's sort of a, a matter of the heart, isn't it? It's a commitment that we have to the Lord. The heart is prone to wonder. David and Bert said it beautifully about the word. About how feelings should not determine the direction and the focus of our lives. And, and even though the heart is prone to wonder, when we spend time in God's word, it's the best way to focus on him. It's to spend time in his word. And when we do, it redirects our focus. And like we talked about last week, God is always speaking to us. You don't ever have to say, I just feel like the heavens are silent. You may feel that way, but the heavens are not silent. Because God's word is always available to you. So once again, one more time. Oh, I'm sure somebody will say it next week. Commit to reading through scripture in the year. Uh, like Bert said, there are so many plans available in David. Uh, Allison is going to be reading through the one-year Bible and the New Living Translation. That's my favorite way of going through scripture in a year. I study from the ESV. I preach from the ESV. Uh, she's going to be doing that. I'm going to be doing a chronological plan this year, the Daily Bible, uh, who, which was edited by a former colleague of Jim McLaughlin's. Uh, what was his name? Lagarde. David? Lagarde Smith. That's right. Some of you know that name. Um, so, and that, by the way, the Daily Bible has some little historical uh, information about the, what was going on during the time of the text being written. It, it's really, really good. Lots of different ways that you can go. But if you will just, and look, I, I, I've done all kinds of spiritual disciplines through the years. Quiet time, prayer, um, <clears throat> scripture memory, uh, reading Christian literature, all of those things. And by far the most helpful for me has been just reading through the Bible every year. It is a daunting thing. That, I mean, 15 minutes a day, 15 minutes out of your, 15 precious minutes out of your day to get through the Bible in the year. And the more time you're in the Word, though, the more you're likely to say, I have no good apart from you. Well, it's legalistic. We're so far past that, guys. We're just past legalism. We're, we're well into grace, sometimes way too far into grace. Commit to reading the word through this year. Look at verses 3 and 4. <clears throat> As for the saints in the land, they are the excellent ones in whom is all my delight. The sorrows of those who run after another God shall multiply. Their drink offerings of blood I will not pour out or take their name on my lips. You know what David is saying? This is something that we don't think about in our individualistic world today. David is saying that his relationship with God is affected greatly by his relationship with the people of God. When you're thinking about how to stay focused on the Lord this next year, know this. The New Testament presents all, all, not a portion, not just something to add on, all of spiritual growth in your life in the context of the body of Christ. And if you say, look, I can take or leave church, it's no big deal. Then you're missing the point of Scripture. You cannot grow in Christ apart from the body. You may say, 
Well, I'm, I'm telling you, people just bring me down. But when I just focus on Jesus, you're kidding yourself. It's not in the Word. You can't grow apart from your brothers and sisters in Christ. But that's really not that big a deal, I guess. Think of David saying that his delight is in the excellent ones, the saints of the land. You know what? That's the way I feel about you. I mean, my heart just leaps. It's like John the Baptist the other night leapt in his mother's womb when Jesus, the voice of Mary, he heard the voice of Mary. We, we talked about that the other night. My heart just leaps within me when I see you. When I see you out and around, you know, at Target or, or the mill or wherever it is I see you. I'm just so glad to see you. By contrast, the sorrows of those who run after other gods shall multiply. There's a distant echo of the fall in these words. I mean, very similar words were spoken to Eve. When David says he won't take their name on his lips, most likely he's talking about the idols. He's not talking about people outside of the covenant family of God. He's just saying, I'm not going to even mention those idols. That would be consistent with the, the rest of biblical teaching. You know, there are not many of us who would bow to an idol. But we all know that anything that comes between us and the Lord quickly becomes an idol. And there's probably not one person in here who doesn't have an idol of some sort in his or her life. It's another thing. It's another reason, by the way, let's just think about this. When we greet one another this year, when we run into one another, let's talk about spiritual matters. Let's talk about things of the Lord and not just... Anything and everything else. I know it's fun to just talk about sports or, or the stuff you're reading about nutrition or, or whatever it is. But let's talk about Jesus this year when we meet with one another. You're going to have to remind me because I love to talk about everything. Anything and everything. Well, we often called misplaced priorities... Distractions. God calls them idols. Verse 5. The Lord is my chosen portion in my cup. You hold my lot. The lines have fallen for me in pleasant places. Indeed, I have a beautiful inheritance. I bless the Lord who gives me counsel. In the night also my heart instructs me. Words of One clearly who is closely related to God. So this psalm begins to take a bit of a turn now. David writes the entire psalm, but these last verses read as if they're spoken by Jesus. So when the people were singing this, it's like, uh, I'm not really sure what this is about. But we, we understand that David wrote this and God led David. So I know it's important. So these verses, again, read as if they're spoken by Jesus. And so say both Peter and Paul in the book of Acts. 
Actually, you could say that verse 7 belongs to this section. But let's again begin with verse 8. I have set the Lord always before me. Because he is at my right hand, I shall not be shaken. Therefore, my heart is glad and my whole being rejoices. My flesh also dwells secure. For you will not abandon my soul to Sheol or let your Holy One see corruption. Now, first of all, David would not ever call himself an anointed one or a holy one. He knew that the, he was writing about the Lord's anointing, although he wouldn't have used the term Messiah. And he had absolutely no understanding of the Trinity or of God coming to earth in the form of a man to die for our sins. He did understand, though, that everything good in his life came from God. Furthermore, David knew that he would die and that his body would decay in the grave just as all do. It's the way of the earth. It's the way of man and the earth. But he also knew that he spoke better than he understood. Lots of places where David wrote in the Psalms, and I'm sure, like Peter says, the prophets were thinking, what, what, is it, what am I writing about? I don't even understand this. He knew that he spoke better than he understood. After Jesus' resurrection, it's easy to see how the death, burial, and resurrection of of Jesus were prophesied in the Psalms and here specifically. But there is meaning for us as well when we read verse 11. Not just about Christ resurrecting, but verse 11 says, You make known to me the path of life. In your presence there is fullness of joy. At your right hand are pleasures forevermore. You know, I don't care how difficult your life is. If you know Jesus, you will know pleasures forevermore. And truly, this is the, but a blip. You, some of you thought you would never turn 13. And then you thought you would never turn 16 and get your license. And you, what do they give it now? 12, you get your permit or something. <clears throat> And, and some of you thought you would never be an adult or ever be. Look, we, we look back and it just was, it was a flash in time. We will know pleasures forevermore. And you have the privilege of walking in the path of life even now, long before the last tear is dried or the rejoicing has begun forever. This joy and these pleasures, such as you were allowed to know them in this life, are found only in the presence of the Lord if they are to be lasting and if they are to be meaningful at all. You can only be in God's presence if you live intentionally, saturating your mind with His Word, and through it, allowing His Spirit to strengthen your faith and conform you more and more to the image of Jesus. D.A. Carson, I read this past week, said no one just drifts towards holiness. You don't find yourself drifting and it's like, oh, well, there it is. I'm, I'm, I'm holy. I'm godly. You have to be intentional about it. So let's take some time to hear from you about the ways that God has worked in you. The ways that His Word 
<clears throat> has encouraged you or ways that his word has challenged you or comforted you in a difficult year. So Ricky and David are going to have the microphones. And uh, we will take some time to hear testimonies. And if you don't say anything, we'll all go home early and have leftovers. Really? Are you that excited still two days later about leftovers? Let's, let's share some blessings of the Lord. Who would like to be... And some of you didn't get a chance at Thanksgiving. You almost did, but you didn't. You'd be the perfect ones to start. And let me say one more thing. If you're like, I want to, but I just... Those are the best kind. If your voice cracks, it's all right. It's okay. All right. Who's going to start us? This is also a tradition. We skip first and go to second. Who would like to be <laughs> second? Mm. Well, this is a year that we've had a lot of things to be thankful for. We've had a good year for his business, and women's ministry's gotten kicked off. I'm thankful for that. Um, but it's also been a year of some time of reflection, I guess I should say. Um, this year, we lost a man that was very um, foundational, I guess, in developing my faith. But it wasn't my father. It was the father of my childhood best friend. And um, it's important for us to remember that we all have the opportunity to minister to people in ways that we may not even realize. And the way that he did that to me was just taking me to church. Um, having a family that didn't do that itself. My family didn't go to church. Um, so having my best friend's family that did, and he you know, just opened up his home and allowed himself to be inconvenienced by dragging and getting another girl up. He had three girls of his own, but, you know, getting another girl up on Sunday morning because they would let me spend the night Saturday, you know, it was one of those things. I'd spend the night with her Saturday after she spent the night with me Friday. We were just always together. And, um, you know, dragging another girl out of bed on Sunday morning early to get to church for Sunday school and, and get to church. He didn't actually do the work. He never sat down and taught me to read the Bible or taught me to pray or preach to me, but just being willing to, to, to take me in and treat me like one of the family and take me to church. That's where God opened my eyes and spoke to me. And, and I think it's just important for us to remember that even if we don't preach, even if we don't um, have those opportunities in our, in our workplace, that, that we still have the chance to minister to people in various ways. And one of the things he said to me, um, right before he passed was that if he had his life to do over again, he wishes that he had gone into full-time ministry. And I tried to explain to him how he had ministered to me just through his life and um, including me in the ways that he had. So um, I pray for his family since this is the first Thanksgiving and Christmas that they've had to live without him. But um, just <clears throat> remember that just as you're going through your life, as you're experiencing things, as you're dealing with people, 
that's, a, that's just as much a chance to minister to people as preaching to them or teaching them to read the Bible or teaching them anything. Um, you know, God is the, is the worker, but sometimes he blesses us by using us as his tool. And this was a man that God used in a powerful way in my life. And uh, I, I wanted to try to get a chance to say that at his funeral. But there were so many people that wanted to speak um, that I never did. So That is such an important word for all of us to remember how much impact that we have on other people's lives. So there are people in your neighborhood you could be bringing to church and... Jimmy Johnson was an evangelist, and some of you know, but you've heard his name probably. He used to talk about he was at this revival, and he would preach these large citywide revivals in San Diego, Los Angeles, all over the place. And some one person came to Christ at one of the meetings, and, and so somebody was asking the next day in Jimmy Johnson's presence, Dr. Johnson's presence, so tell me about your conversion. And he said, I was all ready to hear about the great preaching and stuff. And he was just messing with that. He's making a point. But he said, I was all puffed up. And the guy said, well, you know, I just, I, I, this guy I worked with at the factory for 20 years, I've just watched him. He's just steady every day, every day. And I finally decided I just want what he has, you know, and it's, that's where that's where the gospel is lived and 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 seen and heard and believed in our everyday lives. All right, Kathy. Okay, this Bible reading stuff. <clears throat> um, about fifteen years ago, I decided I was going to read through through it, and so I put myself on a schedule, and I had to do it. It was about getting it read in three hundred sixty-five days. So I scooted through it. Got a few things, but, you know, when you're doing it that way, you don't, you know, it's like, well, what was the point? But it was a goal I had. So skipped a year, and the next year I decided to read it a little slower and take it in. Probably took me about 18 months because I was really, you know, and so did it a couple more times like that. But then Dexter and I, when we first came to, started coming to Grace, um, there was a verse that you had challenged us to look up, and Dexter said, now don't let's forget to look that verse up so we don't look stupid at home group when we don't know what it is. <laughs> so we looked that up, and then he decided, he said, I want us to read the Bible together. So let's see, we're in our third year here, I think. So we started, and, you know, we, we keep it at the kitchen table. So the nights that we sit down, that's, that's when we do it. We know that we're going to do it. And it's... Um, I hope we finish up this year. It's kind of taken its, you know, because we don't always read it every single day, but we keep up. But what it's done is the coolest part is that we'll be listening to a sermon and we'll turn and look at each other and realize that we had just read that in, in the Bible. And just just little things that we'll read and we'll look up at each other and go, wow, didn't know it said that. And, yeah. you know, just the impact that, that just that time uh, means. And then couple that with the Marriage Matters book. We do a chapter or two of that, uh, you know, a section or two of that along with it. We get up from the table and we just feel so worthless that we, we can hardly get up because we've been beaten to death by both of those books. But it's awesome. And I just challenge people to do it. I don't care how long it takes. You don't have to read it in a year. You know, you just, just be consistent with it and it will bless you more than you can possibly know. So, Amen. There's everything to say and nothing to say after that. That's a, 
I see so much. I've watched so many of you grow in your knowledge of the word just by being committed to reading through scripture. And a word I would, if you read through in a year, I understand I hear that over and over about, I'm just going to slow down next time. But even if you just committed and you do it year after year, you would be amazed at how much you begin to pick up and how much the big picture starts to come to you. But I have watched a lot of growth in these guys and their understanding of the word. Just being in the word. And, and when the word comes alive, God comes alive. Josh. Um, this year, you know, um, Arlene and I and our family have had a lot of different challenges, even in our extended family with, with sickness or health. And, but for me, I think God um, really challenged me, especially in the area, and I'm going to put in a shameless plug for home groups, but for me, that was really a, a challenge, I think, especially for our, our family in, in consistently being able to be there among other believers to be challenged and to be challenged in the Word. And I felt like, you know, this year God allowed me to really grow, to become an integral part. We've, we've been a part of, part of Scott's. We were, we were part of Brad's. And we love both home groups. The hardest thing, I think, with home groups once you get connected is when you start to really form a good relationship with other believers you want to be at both, <laughs> but, um, you know, we formed a really good relationship with our home group, and it, it's been awesome, and God has been challenging me at work, challenged me in, in uh, stepping up in ways to share my faith, and, and, and also some ways that, um, to trust him in that, and to trust him um, in some of the places that are going to be a little more difficult to do that, but we've also seen God work in the Philippines and, and take the word and, and, and send it to places where there's no scripture, and so just even having the Bible to be able to read is a privilege for us, is a blessing for us. Not everybody has that, and there's still a lot of people that are waiting, so it's been amazing. Yeah, home group. Let me ask you a question. Do you do better with temptation when you are in the Word and amongst the people of God or when you are separated from them? I mean, it should be any. Look, sometimes Satan pours on temptation when we are beginning to walk with the Lord. But for the most part, look, day in and day out, steadiness is going to happen as we are connected. Thanks, Josh, for that testimony. And... That's encouragement to everybody, no matter where you are. Get in a home group and, and get get connected with people. Someone else. Jenny Peterson. Okay, first of all, it's wonderful to see everybody. Again, that's, um, I speak for my whole family, just to come in and see familiar faces. We are going to a very large church where if we see one familiar face, it's nice. Um, so, but we've been hearing good preaching, which has been really helpful for us as we've transitioned. But what I wanted to touch on was what you said about when you're in the word and being encouraged and, and stuff. Um, we have one of our little girls is a handful. And um, this year I've been reading some books 
And I tell you what, when, you're, when I'm reading those books, my heart has more compassion for her and what she's been through. I feel like I'm more patient with her. I'm connected to her. And one day we were walking, and I was talking about it. I was like, oh, there's the, you know, there's the, hit it, the brick on the head. You know, Again, if we're in God's word, everything that we're facing just has a different feel to it. If I try to parent this little person in my own strength, it's not pretty. I'm mean. Um, if, and the same thing, if I'm trying to live this life, without God's word, without staying connected to him, um, I, I just, I can't do it. And so that just really was struck home to me today, or this year in these other books that I've been reading. So, Be quick to speak, slow to, to, to or be quick to hear, slow to speak, quick to anger, slow to anger, golly. <laughs> <laughs> Let's have prayer. And, uh, <laughs> um. That's the benefit of the word, isn't it? When, when you're, you know, you've gone through a tough time and you read that and it's like, ah. Oh. And, it, and it's just coincidence that you read it right after, you know, that you've had a difficult time. And like Kathy was talking about coincidence, that it's, we just read, say something that's just been read. But the Lord begins to make it come alive and begins to grow you as a believer, as a follower of Jesus, right on the spot can almost feel yourself changing sometimes when you're in the Word like that. Norma Callahan. I'm going to tell you something that you won't believe, and so you better listen. <laughs> Last night, I talked to Max I mean, he was so real, and he told me, he said, listen, honey, don't you worry about me. He said, I'm in the most wonderful place that I've ever been, and it is, you just can't wait to get here. And I, I, you know, I woke up, and I thought, did I dream that? And so I said again, I said, honey, were you really talking to me? And it came again. He said, I am in heaven with Jesus and I see all our loved ones, and I, it's just wonderful. And so don't worry about dying, he said, because you're going to be in the most wonderful place you've ever been. And I, that was a real dream. And I woke up, and I was crying, and I was happy. And so today I am just rejoicing. Amen. And we're rejoicing that you're here. I'm going to come clean. I say that my heart lights up when I see you. It's really Norma I'm talking about. So. My name is Taylor. Um, you guys probably know me because I have purple hair, and so I stand out. Uh, I was going to say something, and then Norma stood up, and then I said in my head, no offense, Norma, shut up. Because <laughs> before we even started, I went out and got a box of tissues, and I was right to do so. Um, you probably don't know, but at Grace, we have these things called home groups. And in home groups, it is just the best way to get connected. And I'm involved with quite a few home groups because I do child care. And so I do child care for a couple, and then I'm in one. And honestly, being in a home group is 
the best thing. I struggle. Everybody has their thing. Mine is prayer. Whenever I think about it, it's like, God already knows, right? So why do I have to say it? Being in a home group, sharing your struggles, and the burden is just lifted. It's not just you. Like Brad said, you can't grow apart from the body, and um, that's so true. So get in a home group, and yes, that's all. Actually, I think Taylor touched on something really important. Uh, prayer is very difficult for me individually, but I love it to pray with other people. And God's, that's the way he's designed us. I'm A-D-D-D-H-D-D-D-D, whatever. And, but when I'm praying in a group, it's, it's blessed. You're heading towards one? Okay. Brad. My name is Joy Vonk. I think most of you probably know me or recognize me. And um, I just had to stand up and say what a blessing each of you are to me. The last few years, the Lord has not um, seen fit to make those easy years. And there's been a lot of transition in them. And he is calling me into another time of transition. Um, But through all of that, I am overwhelmed by how good he is and good to me in his provision and in who he places in my life. And there's a song that I have just had stuck in my head for the last three or four months that reflects on that. And I thought I would just hopefully encourage you all with the words. And this is by Big Daddy Weave called My Story. If I told you my story, you would hear hope that wouldn't let go. And if I told you my story, you you would hear love that never gave up. And if I told you my story, you would hear life, but it wasn't mine. If I should speak, then let it be of the grace that is greater than all my sin, of when justice was served and where mercy wins, of the kindness of Jesus that draws me in. Oh, to tell you my story is to tell of him. Amen. Another thing we just rarely say is this person is going to be moving somewhere, leaving, just because, again, it would be so easy to to miss someone. Uh, Joy is going to be moving to Houston in a few uh, weeks to begin a medical mission there. Our home group has been praying diligently that it'll fall through and that she'll have to stay with us. And now I'd like to invite all of you. No, I'm just kidding. I'm kidding. We're thrilled that she's in the Lord's will, but we have been blessed. And I do get to say, in this instance, Joy, you've been a blessing to our body. We, we're going to miss you uh, greatly. Right. Uh, this year has been a uh, really good year for us. A, a lot of it's been um, just because of God and uh, because of the church. Um, a lot of y'all know we had our, our first son born. Um, Judah, so he, he's just been a blessing to our family, um, and glad that we could bring him, you know, into this church. Um, but another thing that was just, uh, really awesome this year, um, to see God's work, uh, was actually with one of my cousins. Um, he went to college and got involved in a bad crowd and, um, kind of lost himself in drugs and alcohol. And, um, so it's been about five or six years that, uh, he's been away from our family Christmas, but, uh, over this past year, he, um, kind of hit rock bottom and looked back to Jesus. And, um, so he went through therapy and, um, this was the first year we got to have him back and it was just really awesome to, to see him come back to our family. And, 
um, see him, you know, now minister to other people struggling with that same same problem. So that was just it's really awesome to see God's work in that this year. Hey Amen. That is that's wonderful. Did he possibly as a ringtone, did he have like bad boys on his phone? I don't just kidding about that. Some interesting ringtones, by the way, uh, I've been hearing today. Hey, you know what was really exciting to me was Jesse Geyer and Ben Grumbach co-leading and their families, co-leading a home group, and nobody was coming, nobody was coming, nobody was coming, and that's the way home groups go. And it's awesome, and I went and visited one day, and just great to see the way that the Lord has, is, is growing them and using them. It was exciting. So that's a great word. Thanks, Lee. Good morning, everyone. Merry Christmas. Happy New Year to you all. That's Preacher um, Lee, by the way. No, no. <laughs> Not quite there. Um, I actually just got a text message um, from our neighbor. Uh, someone was hit in our neighborhood yesterday um, in his intensive care, um, I think at Wake uh, Med. Um, her name is Stacy, and so I thought, man, what an appropriate time to, to pray. So if you all would join with me, her name is Stacy. Um, she was walking her dog yesterday, and they do not know who hit her in our neighborhood. We're guessing it was someone who was a resident, so it could be a, a tough few weeks um, as that process um, works itself out. So if you'll join with me and, and pray for Stacy. And Lee, can I ask before you pray, how old is she? How old is Stacy? I, I, I don't know her age. Is she like a, a child or a, an adult? An adult. Yeah, okay. An adult. Okay, thanks. Yeah. All right. Father, we come before you this morning, um, rejoicing this morning as we gather together as your body, um, praising the name of Jesus, um, and as we um, share testimonies um, that weigh heavy on our hearts, Father, or um, just bringing you glory in all that you've shown us this year, um, we just lift your name high. Father, I pray now for um, a neighbor uh, Stacy and for her dog Toby, um, I pray for her family um, as she suffers um, in intensive care. Uh, Father, I pray for the staff who are attending to her. Um, I just pray that you would grant them um, the diagnosis and the treatment that is needed uh, to bring her healing and restoration. Um, above all, I pray that she knows you, um, that she knows um, our Savior. Uh, Jesus as her personal Lord and Savior. Father, um, I pray the same for her family. I just pray that this would, um, that you would use this in such a big way to, to show your love um, and care and mercy and your power, Father. Um, I pray for the person or the people who were in the car, for the driver of the vehicle um, that, that struck her, certainly accidentally. Um, I pray for mercy. Um, I pray that you would weigh heavy on their heart um, so that they would come forward um, just so that everything can work it, it's, itself out, Father. Um, we just lift her um, in, in prayer this morning for Stacy, um, for healing and, uh, and restoration and for grace and mercy um, for the, the person who's, who's responsible for this horrible accident. Um, we pray these things in the mighty name of our Savior, Jesus. Amen. 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 Lee is one of our elders and preached a few weeks ago for his first time here at Grace. I guess, I, was that the first time you ever preached a sermon? You would never know it. Um, and in Hebrews, and we're going to be jumping back into Hebrews in two weeks. Ricky's going to be 
bringing us into the new year next Sunday, and then we'll hit, we'll get back to Melchizedek uh, the following Sunday. Anyone else? We are running out of time. Um, so would anyone else like to share uh, what, how the Lord is working? Jack Lucas. Words of wisdom. I wasn't going to say anything today, but uh, along with talking about God's word, <clears throat> excuse me. Closer, Jack, so we can hear along you. Along about talking about God's word, uh, I'd, I'd just like to add the importance of uh, what the psalmist said in 119.11, I've hidden thy word in my heart so I won't sin against you. Uh, I, I found that very important early and I would recommend any new Christians or young people to to really consider that. So when, when you're reading through your Bible, mark some scripture and write some scripture down in three by five cards and carry them around with you and, and hide his word in your heart. It's been a blessing. Yeah, th- thank you, Jack, for saying that. And Jack knows the word. When you hear him talk about scripture, he knows the Lord. He knows the God of the word. And truly, if you're under 30, now is the time. Really, if you're under 25, now is the time to be memorizing Scripture. Write it on cards. You don't do that much like we used to in the day, back when the Navigators had a real impact on on our Christian world. So get in the... And that's a great way. Write it down, memorize them, hang on to them. They'll stay with you the rest of your life. If you're, you know, like 50... Just don't even try it. No, I'm kidding. You can still do it, but it's much tougher to hang on to it. So, all right, anyone else that really wants to say something? Well, last year at this time, uh, Sarah was ready to have a baby. She was tired of being pregnant. We had a month to go. Um, And then with any pregnancy and birth, you don't know what to expect when you have your, you're just ready to have a baby and ready to celebrate what the Lord brings about. And so for us, uh, we were not in any way prepared for what this year would entail. So I started a Ph.D. program last year, and that was a big enough transition for our family. And then we find out we're pregnant, and we're going to have our third, and that's a big transition for our family. Uh, but then in January, when Jesse was born, uh, every, everybody poops. But you don't think about how important it is until your baby doesn't. Uh, and two days of no passing stool means uh, a snowball effect of into the NICU, airlifting to Chapel Hill, spending the rest of the month in Chapel Hill. And that was, you know, an unheard of thing for us. We'd had two healthy babies um, before that. And so we assumed, as anybody else would, when they're young and feel invincible, that their kids will all be fine. And so that was not the case. Um, And back when... uh, my dad had an affair. My, my parents divorced uh, 16 years ago. There was a scripture that was very meaningful to me at the time, uh, 2 Corinthians 1, 3 through 5. And Paul opens this letter to Corinth where he's following up on, he had just rebuked them like crazy in 1 Corinthians. And here in 2 Corinthians, he's kind of following up to encourage them a little bit. Um, and he says, you know, blessed be the God uh, of all comfort, who comforts us so much so that even in our affliction, we're able to comfort other people. Because just as Christ's sufferings overflow in us, so also that comfort overflows in us um, who are in Christ. So, um, you know, I've been ministered to by other people who had been through divorce, who were able to, through their suffering, care for me. And I've been able to do that since as well for 
Um, people who've been through divorces able to care for them out of my suffering, but even at the time when I was in the midst of it. And then, uh, so for us, uh, while we are trying to cope with everything in the midst of suffering, um, you know, Brad and Allison were still mourning the passing of her mom, and Brad's able to care for, uh, for us while we're in the hospital. Um, you know, Chad and Sarah have, you know, daily struggle um, walking through life with Callie, and yet they're able to care for us and encourage us when we don't know what to do. Um, and then, you know, you hear a scripture like that, and you read it, and it's encouraging in the word form, uh, but to then to see it lived out in the life of a community um, is very powerful. And so we were able to receive comfort in ways that, you know, Sarah and I have never done before. Uh, and it's hard to receive comfort sometimes when you're a good, you know, American, and you pull yourself up by your bootstraps, and you get on, like, but that's not the gospel. The gospel that has knit us together is a gospel of um, humility and of mutual care, like the body serves itself through uh, Christ who is our head. So, you know, Christ ministered to us through um, other body parts that had not, you know, we hadn't necessarily built relationships with, and yet they poured into us with no regard for what it might cost, uh, with no hesitation, um, and those are very meaningful things that Sarah and I experienced through this year. So thank you, uh, Grace Community Church, for helping bring us along and helping provide an environment for Jesse to thrive. Uh, so God was very merciful to us through the whole time. Um, you know, we spent that first month in January and into February in the hospital. We were able to come home, uh, but with a poop bag. And so changing a, an infant's ostomy bag don't wish that on anybody, not even my enemies. And so uh, that was a, a long process. But we had people who knew how to do that here in our church family. So I'm thankful for the Scarboroughs, like caring for us in that, um, that we had a nurse practitioner here within our body. Um, and then, you know, we had to go in for his repair surgery on our anniversary. Sounds exciting. Uh, so instead of a bed and breakfast, we slept in a, in a hospital. Uh, and so, you know, through these really rough, uh, difficult, you know, not ideal times, um, God was faithful to us, was merciful to us. Uh, he blessed Jesse with a temperament that he's fat and happy all the time, except when he's hungry. And, and that's a, uh, an incredible ministering to us as well. Because if he were, you know, sad or, or if he expressed his pain, it would, be, it would be so hard for us. But God was merciful to us, even in the way that he knit Jesse together, uh, to encourage us through his smile and through his joy um, as an infant. So... Uh, again, I just wanted to express that uh, thanks to the church family for um, serving us and caring for us um, so that we could, uh, so I could stand here today and be able to share that. Thanks, David. Jesse is the joy of our lives. I mean, he just, he just spreads so much joy. And I, I've, I've thought about this with Jesse. You just think about how God... There, the Lord is so gracious to give people who are struggling uh, like that, little children especially, this spirit of joy. If we don't bring them down and say, oh, I'm so sorry for you, which is going to be my temptation, you know, to, to do that, to feel sad. But blessed be the name of the Lord. And Chad is going to finish us up. If you're not, you're not going to talk about poop, are you? <laughs> okay. All right. Just kidding. I should. <laughs> um. Not going to say a lot. I'm about 120 seconds worth. Uh, usually I'm long-winded, but um, I, I did want to say thank you to the church for always supporting my family. Um, it's always a tough year. Uh, some are tougher than others. But I was um, 
switched jobs, had a job for 10 years. Uh, and found myself uh, looking for a new job. Thought I had another job. I, I thought I was going to be teaching over here at the middle school. And then another door opened up. Um, and uh, so lots of doors swinging. Um, sometimes it's that part in life where you're just really not sure. You find yourself really praying about what. I remember talking to Sarah about that particular door, whether I wanted to take it or not. Um, and, you know, I think Callie's been in the bulletin every every Sunday for years. <clears throat> and uh, I just want to thank everyone. Uh, you know, Sarah works a lot now on Sundays. So sometimes... I might not be getting my lazy rearing up on Sunday and showing up. And uh, got a letter in the mail from Kathy and Dexter uh, one day. And all it said was that we love you and we miss you. Hope everything's okay. Um, So that pretty much sums grace up in a nutshell. You know, just uh, everybody being there for each other. Um, it really does take a lot sometimes to get out of your own life, sometimes thinking about what you're dealing with, what you're going through, and to reach out to someone else and just tell them that you love them. Not a lot, but just tell them that you love them, uh, that you miss them. And uh, I do want to thank Brad. I want to thank David. When he was talking about, you know, their journey this year, um, something that could parallel with some of the things that we've gone through. And, uh, you know, we love helping people. Uh, We find that most people help our family um, multiple times during a year, and sometimes that's just a hug. Sometimes that's a meal uh, because everybody has a valley. We have, our, we have our family valley, and everybody has their own valley. Um, but it's just good to see old faces, the Petersons here. Uh, you know, you miss people. But, uh, thank you. <laughs> it's the benefit of the long term, but the long term we, we, we tend to forget. You know, I... I when I'm talking about the joy that Jesse is and, and the way the Lord compensates, I'm sure the Moody's can be saying. Um, not sure that, you know, the compensation is, is us. Don't forget, Callie is the joy of our lives too. The challenges with Callie are so much greater than they are with Jesse, and they're intense with Jesse. Don't forget, don't forget that day after day after day and Find ways to serve the Moody's as they serve us so beautifully and so well. Well, uh, at the end of every uh, month, we take a benevolence offering. It's in addition to our regular offering to help those who um, are in need, either in our church or outside of the church. Uh, Our first priority is within the church, then outside the church. And we are able to help in a lot of ways. We're so blessed with what God has done for us. And um, this may sound a little silly. If Look, if we don't know how much longer the prosperity is going to be what it is in our country, we don't know how much longer we're going to have the opportunity to give in the ways that we're able to now. So give joyfully today as you uh, ask the Lord with your offering to use this in ways that will bless people and let them see Jesus uh, through our love for them. Let's pray and the ushers will come and worship team will lead us. Father, we are grateful for all of the preaching that we have heard today from so many different people. 
always connecting with your word. We're grateful for the people who have been long away from you that have come home. You have brought home. We're grateful for the body sustaining and caring for those who just get weary. We're grateful for the encouragement that those who have major trials of their own extend and give to other people. We're grateful for the ways that our body helps us with uh, temptation, with uh, depression, with great needs in our lives. And Lord, we thank you for the privilege of being able to help others in this way that we are going to do this morning by giving uh, over and above what we give to you just to just to say thank you and to say we love you in Jesus name Lord we are grateful for all our blessings so thankful for the word and we pray all of these things in Christ's name Amen Would you remain standing for the benediction Isaiah, which is a good place to be in December. Life is full of difficulties and struggle and pain, but let's read about the day of the Lord from Isaiah 2. It shall come to pass in the latter days that the mountain of the house of the Lord shall be established as the highest of mountains and shall be lifted up above the hills and all the nations shall flow to it. And many people shall come and say, Come, let us go to the mountain of the Lord, to the house of the God of Jacob, that he may teach us his ways and that we may walk in his paths. For out of Zion shall go the law and the word of the Lord from Jerusalem. He shall judge between the nations and shall decide disputes for many peoples, and they shall beat their swords into plowshares and their spears into pruning hooks. Nations shall not lift up sword against nation, neither shall they learn war any more. O house of Jacob, come, let us walk in the light of the Lord. Go out in the light of the Lord this week.